0: Welcome to our community. This is Saritava Best, of Tinchas. We have a question. There's a question coming up in the world these days. The world seems to be falling apart. The civilized world, America, America, That God bless America. Remember God bless America? That was only how many years ago was it? Less than 20 years ago. And before that, when I was very Canadian, it was... I love America. I remember being at a campsite somewhere and someone said to me, I love America and I thought, What kind of what what kind of a I love America? I never heard of such a thing. We never said I love Canada. So So if that's the case, what happened to I Love America and God bless America? And now that whole America is crumbling. Excuse me, I did not hear star recording is on. So, what we're talking about is the question. Should we run away from this crumbling America that used to be God Bless America and I Love America... And America, America, I want to be in America. Everything's free in America. I can't sing the song here. Uh, For a small fee in America, I want to be in America. And it's all crumbling, or so it seems. So where do we go? So what do you mean? The land of Israel. Run, if America's crumbling, go to the land of Israel. So in this tzichah, we we see that one of the sedition of this parsha of Parshas Pinchas, this particular week is the division and the inheritance of the land of Israel to every single Shabbat and every single Jew. So, when we're standing at the uh, border of the Geulah, and we understand this from all the signs of Geulah, we understand that we we have to figure out how this whole process works. Okay, we're leaving America because it's crumbling. And we're going to the land of Israel. Good. When? In Geulah. Or before. How do you do it? So we're standing a minute before Geulah. And therefore we understand that there's a limud now, which is because Tyre is eternal. And there's an eternal limud for all times and all places. And it goes according to the following story. A yid once came to the Semeh he said, I want to make Aliyah to Eretz Yisrael. Why? I want to sit and I want to learn Tyra and be deeply involved in serving God, in learning Torah and serving God. And I feel that the best place to do it will be the land of Israel. And of course, he expected that the Shemach Tzedek, the, the fourth, Laba, uh, third Lubavitcher Abbas, the system it would say, excellent, of course you should be in the land of Israel. So what was the answer? The answer was, no, not you. Sort of of the, the effect of, maybe for others, not for you. Not for you as a particular individual. So then what? I want to immerse myself in learning Torah and growing in my relationship with God. What should I do? Go to the land of Israel. Isn't that holy land, holy people, holy Tyre, holy life, holy geula? So we have to think it all up. I need to be there. And the Tzemaq answered to him, no. For you, you need to not go to Israel, but rather to come to Israel. Or bring Israel to you. Bring the land of Israel to you. Create it in the place that you are at that moment. It's called Mach Eretz Yisrael. Make Eretz Yisrael right here. Don't wait until you get on your flight in two months and you get the ticket and you pack all your things and the container comes. and You wait for your apartment to be ready in a yeshuv somewhere and all of that stuff. And it takes a couple of months. No time to wait. How about tomorrow? Tomorrow is too late. How about in an hour? And an hour is too late. Then when? Now. I want basically the yiddish the Jew is saying to the Rebbe, I want to I want to learn, immerse myself in learning and serving God by going to the land of Israel. And in a way, essentially, the Rebbe is saying to him, perfect. We're on the same page. Only I don't mean at that time, get on a ship and travel and take a few months to get there. I mean go there right now. You got the right idea. Go there right now. You mean get my things ready and it'll take me a few weeks. No, no, said the other. I mean be there this very second. Not even a minute from now. This very second. Well how can I do that? I have to pack my stuff. Packing isn't easy, is it? No. So then what? How do I do it? Machzor Eretz Yisrael. Make Eretz Yisrael right here. Instant. You're there. So says the Sicha, that this was, this story was told to us and publicized through the previous Rebbe, the Sitzel Bavitcher Rebbe, to every single Jew, every single Jew. And therefore we understand that this is a lesson to each one of us. And the lesson is, I don't like the word lesson, but the, uh can't think of the other word. Okay, Haira is a lot better. Haira means something that opens up the pathway for you. The Haira, you know, it's the, the, whatever, the GPS, the path opener. What is it? That it's telling us, this story is telling us, that when you find yourself there, where is there? Anywhere outside of the land of Israel, in Khutla Aris. in the place of Gullus. you know, in Louisiana, or Tennessee, or Kazakhstan, or Buenos Aires, or any of those places. There, not in Eritrea, in Khutla Aris, when you find yourself there, in, in Gullit. And at the time of Gullus, even the last minute of Gullus, you can't wait to go to the land of Israel. You're in the place of Gullus at the moment of Gullus. At that second, you need to get out, run for your life. Where should you run? Away? No. Into. Into, into what? Into the moment and the place. Because if you dig deeply enough You'll find water. You'll find out that in this place of Gullus, and in this time of Gullus, the G'ulah, the land of Eretz Yisrael, the land of Israel, is right inside that place. And your job is to uncover it. Build the land of Israel right there. Machzah Eretz Yisrael. After all, that's what we did the very first time with Yehoshua. Going into the land of Israel, what did we do? We conquered the land of Canaan. It wasn't a ready-made place. It was a place that was raw, waiting to be transformed by us. You no, know, we as Jews, you know, we always have to have our finger in a lot of pies. You know, we like to be busy. Uh, we don't like to let things just sit quietly. We're not quiet people. We always like to get, you know, busy and fix them, fix things. So good. You know why we like to fix things? Because our job is to fix every place we're in. Because everywhere we go, we're in another piece of Eretz Canaan, the land of Canaan. And our job is to fix it and turn it into the land of Israel, Eretz Israel. Anything else? No. No, no, no. That's all. Well, there's so many jobs for Jews to do. No, no. It's very streamlined. There's not really a lot for Jews to do. You can relax and sit back. What do you mean? We have so many things to do. Wherever, well, you're always keeping us busy, God. You say, no, 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 I'm really, um, I'm only giving you one job. I, it's very simple. One job and every, that's it. You have nothing else to do. You could just, you know, drink uh, lattes or, you know, iced coffee and just sit, you know, with lemon cookies in the in the recliner, in the hammock and put your feet up. As long as you are at every single second in that place of Eretz Kanan, wherever you find yourself, make it into Eretz Yisrael. It's very simple. That's all you have to do from the comfort of your own hammock or else go out into that place and transform it. Two ways of doing it. Have a nice time. But it makes it Very simple. There aren't a lot of things for Jews to do, only one thing. Mach, the Eretz Yisrael. fact, I want you to imagine this. You know, you meet somebody on the street and they say, oh, where are you from? I'm from Alabama. And you say, well, I'm from uh, New York. And they say, oh, really? Oh, um, which, you know, they say, are you Jewish by any chance? You say, yes, I am. And they say, oh, my goodness, it must be so difficult to be Jewish. There's so many commandments for Jewish people to keep, and there's so many things that you have to do. I don't know how you manage your life. There's just so many things that Jewish people have to do. You say, no, no, Quite simple. We really don't have a lot of things to do. We only have one thing to do. Really? I thought it was very complicated to be Jewish. No, no, it's very simple. Really? So what do you do all day? I make the land of Israel where I am. How do you do that? Oh, there are lots of pieces to the puzzle. You know, the 613 commandments and all this other stuff. It is all under this category of one simple, very focused life mission. Nothing more, nothing less. Boil it down to, chunk it down to, hey, guys, if you're Jewish, there's only one thing to do. And the good news is, it's super fun. It's the only thing that our soul will get any satisfaction from. So let's roll up our sleeves only to the elbow, uh, only to below the elbow. And I'm not going to say get to work, get to play in making every piece of the world into Eretz Israel. So now, here's the question. What do we do when America is crumbling, God forbid? Oh, same thing. Perfect. Crumbling America. You know what that's called in biblical language? No. What does a crumbling America look like? You I mean a crumbling America looks like, um you know, a place where morality is breaking down and just the justice system and all of the, the regular American laws are all breaking down and everything's going into chaos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Does that remind you of anything, any place biblically? Um, I don't know. Yeah. The land of Canaan. The land of Canaan was not a highly moral place. It wasn't uh, functioning on the uh, seven myths uh, that belonged to all of mankind. There were no seven myths at that point. It wasn't a really a very... Uh, Spiritually appetizing place. It was pretty depraved. There was another pretty depraved place. That was the land of the and That one was also pretty, pretty, pretty spiritually grungy. And then there's the land of Canaan. So if the land of Canaan is the original template, the place in which that we use as the template for transforming that place into the, the land of Israel, it should be a no-brainer to transform a crumbling America into Eretz Israel. It's perfect. It fits all the qualifications. Crumbling America equals the land of Canaan. Eretz Israel is Eretz Israel. Spiritual Eretz Israel, the perfect Eretz Israel that exists as it is in perfection in Torah. And your job, transform the crumbling, chaotic, land template the land of canaan into the land of israel simple and anyway if you're jewish you're bored and you feel you're on shkotas, you want to do more so it is perfect everything syncs up so what we want to understand is exactly okay you've piqued my interest i think i might want to do it this machza Eretz thing nice Eretz here thing um, best offer I've had all day. So, please tell me, give me more information about how to do it. Because there is a bit of a contradiction here. Because the djinn is the duh, chutzla aris is not Eretz Yisrael. We're talking about specifically, you want me to go to the place that's very much not Eretz Yisrael. It's very much not a holy place. And you want me, you, it's, it's the opposite of Eretz Yisrael, And you want me to turn it into its diametric opposite, into Eretz Yisrael. And not only that, the complete service, in entire mitzvahs of a Jew is just in Eretz Yisrael. So that's a little hint. If you're a Jew and you'd like to do mitzvahs, you can only do it fully in Eretz Yisrael. So if right now you're in Wisconsin getting your ticket ready to go to Israel, you don't really have any time. At this very second, if you're doing a mitzvah and you're in Wisconsin, you're not doing it completely. So you need to turn that place. If you want to do things completely so that you're really invested in doing things completely, because if you're a Jew, it's going to frustrate you if you're not doing things with your whole being. So you have a firecracker under you. So you need to transform that place. Pull out your magic wand and transform Wisconsin into the land of Israel right then, right there. And then the mitzvah that you do can be a complete mitzvah. To you are talking. I'll explain that to us. You need to be an Aristotel to do the mitzvahs in completion. And not only that, being here, duh, in this place, in this place of Gullit and this time of Gullit, we daven and we face. Eretz Yisrael, the land of Israel, daven three times. Please gather us, God, from all four corners of the earth to our land, and especially in recent generations, the most recent, according to all the signs of the Geulah, He is a Mashiach. This is it. We're at the end of the Geulah, going into the Geulah. So again, what the question that I'm asking is. My interest is piqued. I'm a little bit on board. I like this idea of making the land of Israel in every place where I am. Quick and easy and, you know, mitzvah on the spot and um, definitely gives me what to do and satisfies my soul and helps the world and fits all the criteria. Check, 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 check. Left with one question. How do I do it? And especially one minute after this, we go to Gullit and we go into Eretz Yisrael literally. So by doing this, we're actually all going to actually physically, literally go into the land of Israel. That's probably the reward. You know, you do it here and you make this place into Eretz Yisrael. And, And however that all works, that the land of Israel comes to you, you go to it, it comes to you, and all of that happens. So, in order to understand how to do it, because that's my question, that's our question, we need to look at our Parsha. Because the Parsha is the Parsha, parsha's Pinchas, about the division of settling and dividing the land of Israel. How did we do it? Al pi According to the lottery. It says in our Parsha, Rashi brings from the Madrasha Chazal, but the Gairo, the lottery, spoke. Dividing the land of Israel means all the Jews come to the border of the land of Israel and it needs to be divided up. There are 12 tribes. It needs to be divided in 12 portions. It wasn't random. It was not, God forbid, first come, first serve. Every Every tribe had their portion of the land and every tribe had a portion of the land that fit what they were here to do. The tribe of Yisachar, who were sitting and learning Torah and needed quiet and solitude had a portion of the land that was quiet and secluded and peaceful. The tribe of Zulun, who had their service was commerce they were near the seaside. They were in a place where it was busy and in contact with lots of people coming, going from different countries. And that's what they needed. They needed to be right near the, right near the ocean, right near the main thoroughfares. So the Gairo, this lottery came along and divided up the land. Arunakayan was wearing the orange Batumim And there would be this lottery, pieces of paper, I guess, pieces of parchment, put into a big bowl, and then the parchment pulled out. One said the name of the tribe, and the other one seemed random. Of course, it wasn't. You know, a gyro, a lottery. Pull out a piece of parchment that says the name of the tribe, and then another piece of parchment that says the, the piece of land. And that's it. You're paired up with your piece of land, which seems random. Seems through a gyro. It's a lottery. Seems very random for something that's eternal. Once you're told this is your portion of land, no trading, guys. This is your portion of land. And it was divinely directed. There was nothing random about it. The fact that a lottery seems random really was telling us that this was coming from a reality way above the order of the world, from place places very high, from a very deep, high spiritual source. Nothing random whatsoever. Just looking random within the structure of the world, looking very orderly from a higher perspective. So here's the question. Why a, why a lottery? It just confuses everybody. It certainly would make people feel like, yeah, why did you put your hand in the bowl at that minute and take that piece of paper? Maybe if you had had a drink of water, you would have had more, At a minute before, you would have had more patience to pick through all the papers and pick one from the bottom. It seems too random. Why was this the lottery? And then on top of that, there was another miracle. There was a miracle. The lottery actually had a voice and it would speak. It would say, it would be, you know, it was a piece of, I guess, parchment. But the parchment was like the old cassette. The old cassette. You know, you have a piece of plastic with the tape in it. Remember the cassette a million years ago? And it would talk. Yeah, you put the cassette in the cassette player. I remember years ago... Someone was talking to another man, and the man said, that's ridiculous, I don't believe in all these things. And he said, well, you don't believe that the gyro spoke, that that piece of parchment spoke? And what about your cassette that you go put in your cassette player? He said, yeah, all right, Uh, never thought about that. These were in the days of the cassette players. I mean, you know, now you would have to buy a cassette player probably for $562 on eBay because it's a relic. But basically, you're talking about a piece of paper, a piece of parchment, or a USB something speaking. A microchip speaking. I don't know. Don't ask me about all the those who know the latest technology know better than me. The thing itself speaks with a voice. Well, yeah. It's called an audio. Just click here and this Right, You know, you have your watch and you're looking at the time and all of a sudden you, again, I'm so old fashioned that I think it's amazing. You know, somebody just hits their watch this way and a whole 20-hour lecture comes out of your watch. Wow. Why did you fit such a long lecture into such a small watch? Where is it stored? Fiberspace. Fiberspace. Where is that? But basically, I touch my watch and a lecture comes out. Thousands of lectures come out. Choices of lectures come out. And my watch speaks. And it doesn't just say ding dong. It's twelve forty five. My watch says any lecture I want plus any music I want plus plus. And you know, I don't have to tell you, it tells me how to drive. So I have to tell you. You know, my Wi Fi my watch with data that is a computer. Why should I show my ignorance <laughs> by 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 trying to sound like this is it. So the template for my little tiny watch is a full-fledged computer which speaks and creates and connects and all that other stuff. The template for that is this gyro, this lottery, these two pieces of parchment, one with the name of my tribe and one with the location that belongs to us in Israel. This was a miracle. doesn't seem too miraculous now, but at that time it was a miracle. Question is why. Why the necessity for a piece of parchment or a piece of paper, the gyro, to speak? We would have had, we would have known about the land of Israel. Again, we're trying to figure out which part of the land belongs to us and which belongs to them. Where exactly does my territory end and where does it begin? And that comes through the gyro. As it is by every gyro, Every, every gyral is that. Every lottery is that. It says, you are this tribe, and this is, the you know, and the winner is you match up the two pieces of paper. Your name with what you just won. Two pieces of paper. Our tribe with what we were given by God, that piece of land. That's the natural, that's the way it works in a lottery. Normally a lottery doesn't speak. I mean, now it does, but then it didn't speak. And the question is, why? Remember, what we're trying to figure out is, okay, I got it. I'm here to make the land of Israel right here, right now, to create it in this place that I'm in. What are the steps? First, we need to know why the first step was that we had to have this lottery that was speaking. Because God wanted to show the Jewish people that the Gairo is true. al HaShem. It's not random. And there was a previous maze. There was a previous miracle that showed that the gyro really was the lottery was godly. It came from Hashem's decision. What was that? It came from Rucha Khadish. Elazar Kayan put on the worm the Tumin and he said with Ruch HaKadish, If this shaveth goes this shaveth." has this piece of land, and that this tribe has that piece of land, and that tribe has this piece of land. And that showed, he he was given this information through the Urim Batuman. And this lottery just verified the same thing on these two pieces of paper that spoke. So, again, having a piece of paper speak in those days was a... Was not another tech nor a tech uh, issue. It was something completely out of the re- was some something completely miraculous out of the realm of nature. And the question is why. And the answer is the following: Because Hashem showed us. He said, "Ach, the geyro, the and the the land will be divided according to the Gairo, according to the lottery. And Daska through the Gairo. The land needs to be divided through the Gairo. We're going to see what that means for me right here, right now, in New York or in Montreal or in Buenos Aires in a second. Your portion. Remember, you're here to divide up the land to in, to turn this place of Canaan that you're in into into the land of Israel. You get a certain piece to work on. You don't have to do the whole thing. You get a certain piece. That piece that belongs to you, that piece of the world, is done specifically through the lottery through the gyro, and not another way. And therefore, the division of the land. And the the, the uh, verification of which part of the land belongs to you and which to them, it was specifically through the gyro and not another thing. And therefore, the true explanation, the true proof of the gyro that it was true. Knowing, how do you know the gyro is true? How do you know the lottery is true? Maybe he just put his hand in and he was fired, as he said, dehydrated, so he put his hand in and he was too lazy to flip the papers around. And, and he knows the gyral was true. Because it spoke. It wasn't random. A gyral, a lottery seems random. It wasn't random. It spoke the truth. It said this tribe gets this piece of land. This is not random. It has nothing to do with how you chose the piece of paper from the pile in the bowl, I am speaking to tell you where you belong. Because if there's a doubt, if the gyro is maybe just, um, what's the word, uh, accidental, you know, happened to be that you picked out this piece of paper, then you would need something else to prove the truth of it. Then you would have a million appeals, you know, the Supreme Court, and I appeal, that's not my piece of the land of Israel, I appeal. He was thinking something else when he pulled it out of the, I don't want to depend on this guy who put his hand in the bowl. You know, he didn't mix up the papers enough. Nothing else had to come to prove that it was true. We did have Ruch HaKadosh, which said the same thing. But we had the Urn Batumim and Alothar Akayim who were told by God, this is it. There was no question. And yet, we still needed the gyro to come along and say the same thing, to have the same thing written on it and to say it. It showed that the gyral itself does not divide the land. If you needed something else, if there's a question, if the, if the gyro is just uh, accidental, coincidental, if there's such a question, and you actually need something else to prove the truth of it, then it would show that the gyro is actually not fully dividing up the land. And therefore, the gyro has to show we are all synced up with the same truth. Arunakayan told you, or the Tumen told you, the gyro, the piece of paper tells you, and the gyro has a voice, and that too tells you. Everything is lined up, synced up to say the same truth. So the gyro would testify itself, by itself. Through this, and that made the entire experience complete. We knew for, for certain, this is my part of the world. This is my part of Israel. Because the Gyrilith said itself spoke in a clear way, way and it said, Gulplaini, the shaded plain. This part, this piece of land, goes to that shaded. So to bring all of this to summation, this is part one of this lecture. We're going to have a couple of more parts, but to bring all of this to summation, because it really hasn't, we haven't really gotten the full explanation of what this means. If if I'm not going to be moving to Israel right now, in this time when America is in chaos and maybe crumbling, and maybe there won't be anything left of America, God forbid, as some people feel, and some people feel that the Shechina has left and has moved to Israel, and there is no more place for Jews. In America, etc. There is that feeling and that opinion. So, if I'm someone thinking about this right now, where do I belong? Do I belong in the land of Israel? The question is, and I'm I'm Jewish. Do I belong in the in the land of Israel? The question is, absolutely yes, one million percent. You belong in the land of Israel. When? Now? How about in three months? No. no. No, no. Yes, three months will be good too. But you have to be there right now. How about tonight? No, too late. Then when? This second. Well, how do I do that? Well, there are two ways to do it. One is that I go to the land of Israel. That is right now in Gullit. I go to the land of Israel. I get on the plane. I pack my stuff and I go. The other way is I bring the land of Israel to me right here and I create the land of Israel right here, right now. Which in either case, I belong in Eretz Israel and I need to be there Right here, right now. And so the question is that we're going to end off this part of it with: What does this gyro have to do with the whole thing? In this, in knowing which part of Aristotle I have. Again, I am here, wherever I am. I'm in Cincinnati. I'm in a pizza shop, and I'm standing in line, and I'm trying to figure out if I want if I want spicy pizza. Do I want do I want spicy fries with my pizza? Do I want a soda? Do I want orange juice? Do I want a Snapple? And right here, right now, I'm making air control in this pizza shop in Cincinnati. Then how do I do it? What are the steps? And somehow, the fact that the step back then was first being told which piece is mine, which part of the land is mine, Well, now we know, by the way. Which part of the, which, where is your portion of Eretz Israel? Well, where are you now? Well, right now I'm in the pizza shop in Cincinnati. Okay, what are you doing? I'm uh, waiting in line and I'm trying to decide if I should get spicy fries. Good. Well, now you know where your part of the land of Israel is. What do you mean? It's in the pizza shop in Cincinnati. Right here, right now. Oh. Okay. And then a minute later, you'll be finished, you know, in half an hour, you'll be finished with the pizza. And you'll be somewhere else. You might be in Walmart. Well, your place, your, your part of Eretz Kanan is going to be right there in the aisle with the uh, band-aids, water shoes, and your job is to make it into Eretz's row. Okay. And the gyro that's dividing it up. There's a master plan telling you, now go to Walmart, now leave the pizza shop, now stay in the pizza shop, now do this, now do that, now go there, now go to Dada Minka, now leave the shul, now go to the swimming pool, Now, now go here, now go there, now do this, now do that, now go and help this person, help this person across the street, do this, do that. We are being guided from above. And it seems random. It seems like a gyro. It seems like a lottery. You know, where I go? I don't know. I get spicy fries, non-spicy fries. It's random, no? What does that have to do with anything? No, 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 no. It's all being directed from above. A very holy, step-by-step process. Your piece, your, your piece of Eretz is being presented to you one step at a time. It's right in front of me now. And it's right in front of me now. And it's right in front of me now. He's right in front of me now. We just finished watching a fascinating road trip of a rabbi who left LA, Los Angeles a couple of weeks ago, drove across country with his family to New York to come to a chasana and stopped in many stops along the way and did a little daily video in these fascinating places of Smoky Mountain and and then Sunny Mountain and this river and that waterfall and great places. And you get to tour America. I loved it. Billy came to New York, did one right in New York, then started traveling back and we saw South Dakota, North Dakota. Ooh, fantastic. I, you know, done. I don't have to go across, across America, never got to go across Canada, so I'm not going to bother going across America. He went, he took me. And he's back in Los Angeles. He's back in L.A. What a trip I had. It's been the best two weeks. And somehow where he was going to in chakras and where he was going to in mincha, each time was determined from above which waterfall he would be sent to and where he was going to do his videos. It was all decided from above. And it had to be complete. And the question is this division of what looks like a random kind of a cycle, a random set, set of events, you know, the gyro, random, a lottery, you know, maybe here, maybe there, maybe your car will go faster, slower, or you'll, oh, you'll take a wrong turn, you'll get off at the wrong exit. It seems random, like a gyro. There's nothing random. It's very exact. Your whole avaida is divided up like that. Exact to the dot. Where are you going to dab and shock this tomorrow morning? Where are you going to end up? Which waterfall? Which mountain? Which state park? Which side of the road? How many people will be standing behind you? Which is a noisy place? Which is a quiet place? Will it be windy? Will we hear the video or not? All exact like a gyro. A gyro That seems random, but that is very exact. And our question for our next audio in this series is, but why did this guy will have to speak? As I am being handed out my marching orders, step by step by step by step. As if I'm one of those people who is either going to the land of Israel right now with all a thousand families are leaving soon. And that's beautiful. It's amazing or whether I'm pulling the land of Israel to me and creating it where I am. And that's also amazing. In either case, how am I being directed from above? Where, what, when, who, how? Whom I meet? Whom I do it with? Who sits beside me on the plane? Or who's standing beside me in the pizza shop? This seemingly random thing directed from above there's something extremely godly, and we're all participating in a wondrous transformation of the land of Canaan, the whole world, denoted by America, America, the the land of the free, being turned into Eretz Israel. America kind of being the template of the world, Eretz Canaan being turned into Eretz Yisrael. So our question that we're going to end with and begin with in the next audio is, why did this seemingly random lottery, this Cairo, have to have a voice? And that's what we're going to find out in the next audio. And until then, may we find ourselves in the true and complete Eretz Yisrael, all of us together doing all of the mitzvahs in the full and complete Te'ula immediately now.